Hey again, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Luke Robinson, that's you. Yes, man, and damn fine to meet you, Rush Chairman. <laughs> you are Rush Chairman, no doubt about it. Uh, so, Alabama Vandy here very shortly, and I, I don't know if we'll do this yet. We might try uh, to do a pod after the game yep. depending um i could uh i could do a br- i could do a brief one to celebrate uh if we lose i don't think it's a good idea for us to do one you no, know how we are there's a 0.0 percent chance i'm going to do one yeah i mean you know how we are you know we're actually reasonable logical you know i think you know good fans but you know we are fans of this program so we get a little emotional like everyone else. And, uh, you know, I never get mad at the kids. I don't, I don't, or I, I don't really get mad at the coaches. I'm just sort of mad at the world, you know, when it happens, but, but, you know, you get over it quickly and you, you, you move on to, to the next thing. But, uh, yeah, losing tonight, uh, you know, we're recording roughly four central, uh, the, you know, uh, well before three and a half hours for the Vandy game losing tonight. Oh, it will be a gut punch after once again putting ourselves in position to challenge for a tournament bid, we're far from it. Winning tonight doesn't put us in. Losing tonight puts us out, but winning doesn't put us in. Yeah, in a sense, we are already in the tournament. If we went out, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're in. All we have to do is win. Win today, win Saturday. As me and you already decided, we think winning today and winning Saturday isn't enough. It will take at least a win on Thursday in the SEC tournament. That might be enough. We agree that a win on Thursday and Friday is almost certainly enough. But people, we have to remember this one thing. And it's hard to remember because our lives are so Bama-centric as fans. I mean, obviously, we're sports fans. So we know what's going on in the world around us, but our focus is on Alabama. The NCAA tournament committee does not sit around wondering what Alabama is doing. They're not today, all the members of that committee are not, well, let's see, if Alabama wins today, wins Saturday and wins Thursday in Nashville, I'm putting them in. It doesn't work like that at all. Alabama's resume at the end is compared to the resume of all the other similarly situated teams. So what Alabama does is very relevant, but it's not the whole story. It's about Alabama versus these other teams. So what these other bubble teams, for instance, like Mississippi State, who's playing at South Carolina tonight, what these other bubble teams are doing is equally important to what Alabama's doing. What we need to do is win and then hope for good things to happen around us, which means other bubble teams losing. Yeah, that's and you know what? I don't even know. I guess it's better if South Carolina beats Mississippi State. I think it's better. I think so. Um, I think so. So, I mean, I'm sort of hoping that happens, but I, I'm not 100%. Um, I've seen a right. lot of bracketologies that have four SEC teams in, and they think that's about what it's going to be, Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, and Florida. Um I think Mississippi State will make a case. We'll make a case. Um, Arkansas is sort of losing their footing. Yeah, making I think they're, they're probably toes up. I mean, obviously, um, you can win yourself in in Nashville. But their SEC record's bad. They're, 
I, I, I just don't think they're in. I think they've, you know, they've had some injury issues like us. I mean, they're, they're key, you know, they've, they've, they've definitely fought some, uh, some injury problems that, that has affected their one loss record, uh, just like Alabama's has. Right. Um, so what do you think about tonight? I mean, Petty doesn't sound like he's going to play. Nope. Uh, by the time okay. some people are listening to this, they know if Petty's played or not. They know more than we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't but, believe my my birdies, uh, my, my my birds inside the program chirping at me on the on the download. Tell me Petty's not playing. Yeah, uh, I mean, he might play Saturday. He might play Saturday <laughs> against Missouri. That's 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 very. Uh, I think the word I heard was uh, highly possible Saturday, yeah. but but a no tonight. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, they're really, I mean, I don't want to preview Vandy. They've won one freaking game. I'm not. Isn't it amazing that it's over LSU though? That is amazing. Um, it's amazingly stupid. I mean, if you're LSU, (laughs) you've got to be going, what the hell were we doing? (laughs) Obviously not much. Not much. That's so stupid. I mean, if you're LSU, you just, he's like, how are we this stupid? Um, (laughs) but they were. They were that dumb, literally. So the new strength coach uh, yep. and his sidekick, <laughs> yeah, that's right, are are coming in, and um, you know, I I feel like it's a good thing. I I just saw where apparently, um, he was Dylan Moses's strength yep. coach while at IMG. At IMG. Yep, that's right. Or at least on the uh, on the staff to some capacity. And I tell you what, uh. His experience at IMG, David Ballou's and Matt Ray's experience at IMG, or I'm not sure both of them were there if just Ballou was there. But, I mean, it's just one more thing on the resume that stood out to Nick Saban. I mean, there isn't a program in the country that you want ties to more than IMG if you're Alabama. I mean, oh, that's, a good that's, point. that's that, they've got the most talent year in and year out of any high school program in the country, if you even call them a high school program, they're just really basically a little college down there. So it, it was just one more reason to make the hire, frankly. And apparently, you know, per his comments, now what, what the hell heck else do you think he's going to say? But maybe if Dylan didn't think much of the guy, he wouldn't have said anything at all. Uh, but instead he, uh, he praises the guy on social media. So that is a, a you know, it's, it's a good sign. Here's one interesting thing that I looked at as, as a quick rant. It's this is direct a rant directed at the crimson, you know, the crimson colored world fans who who, you know, we've had injury problems the last few years and they're looking for a silver lining to Scott Cochran leaving the program. And what they grab onto, Luke, is, well, we've had all these injuries and 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 it got worse and worse. And and it's because, you know, it's all these lower leg injuries and it's because of strength and conditioning. We got hurt. So now. We're bringing in these guys, so you know who who literally specialize in reducing injuries and problem solve. We got rid of the problem, which was Scott, and we added the solution. These guys from Indiana. Well, there is a hair of truth to all of that. A hair of truth. Um, I know that Nick Saban would like some answers as to. Why have we had all these season-ending injuries these last three, four seasons? Uh, I, I think he wants some answers, and I think he would like some more science applied to it that maybe science can answer these things. But if you think, if you're a fan that thinks, okay, now, now Georgia's going to get hurt all the time 
because yeah. Scott's going to make changes in their strength and conditioning. They're going to get hurt, and Alabama's not going to have any injuries. You live in a strange, crimson, gaseous planet that's just – so I looked this up just because, duh, it's still football. Indiana had season-ending injuries last year. Indiana did. Uh, I found three. I think there's more. I didn't have time to read the game reports from all – 13 Indiana football games last season. They lost two quarterbacks. They, they were playing their third quarterback at, at one point last year. They, they lost two quarterbacks. They lost uh, their best offensive lineman in September to a season-ending lower leg injury. And, again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing the hire. I think the hire is a home run. I'm just saying don't be the fan that thinks that the injuries were 100% Scott's fault and now we've solved that. There's going to be injuries. It's football. Everybody gets players hurt will continue to get players hurt. It's a rough contact sport. So now, have we improved things? Have we added some science? Do we maybe have some changes coming that are going to be beneficial in this area? I have no doubt that's true. But don't think for one second that our problems are, quote, solved. The problem is football is a rough, dangerous sport, and people get hurt all the time. And every program, including this one, the Indiana kids got hurt too. So – End of rant. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> some of it is just your time over the barrel. I mean, Alabama, I mean, mm-hmm. some teams just get hurt some certain years, and Alabama seems to do that. And, I mean, you could say is Scott Cochran's weight training regimen, okay, or you could say perhaps that Alabama generally has the most talented roster in the country. Everybody's bigger, stronger, faster. And so when bigger, stronger, faster people continue to run into each other during practice, um, the chances are they some of them will get hurt. Um, that's one theory. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's that's logical. I mean, if you have a role, if you had a um a derby, what do you what do what do you call this the in the derby, the the Crash derbies with the cars and shit. What do you call that? You know what I'm talking about? They just call it a derby? Is it a derby? Okay. I mean, I I know what you're talking about. The smash them up where cars literally just run around, run around like without, they're just smashing into each other on purpose. Right. If you had a derby and all you used were electrical cars from four years ago, um, okay, yeah, you can smash some shit up and somebody might get hurt a little bit or, you know, mildly hurt. Okay, if you had a uh, uh, a derby, and I, there's a name for it, and it's blowing my mind, we can't remember it, and you <laughs> used nothing but Hummers that were souped up and they continuously run into each other, some people are going to really get hurt. So, I mean, I guess that makes some sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense that – players on Alabama's practice field are more likely to get hurt than say players on Millsap's practice field, which have a bunch right. of guys running around and look like us, you know, if, if they could run at all, if they look like us, it wouldn't be running much. It would be no, no. just sort of they'd pointing at each hurt. other and laughing. They'd, they'd already be hurt. They'd be hurt when they got to the field. Like they'd get out of their car and be like, oh shit, something just pulled something. Uh, by the way, they'd hurt themselves pointing and laughing at each other, wondering what they're doing over at Alabama's real practice. Let me, let me, Listen to this, this this statistic I heard today. Bill Shoemaker, this is just apropos of nothing, but Bill Shoemaker, the famous jockey, um, he's dead as a horseshoe now, but he was uh, at one time living. And he, um, he won over 8,000 
horse races. And well, that's a lot. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, I think it was like 8,400 or something. If you win 8,400 races, you have to assume you don't win every race you're in. I'm going to assume at best you're one out of three. So he was in around what? 25,000? 30,000 horse races. I mean, did you just, did they, Catherine the Great didn't love horses that much. <laughs> That's stunning when you just do the math. I don't even see how any of this is possible. I was like, Will Chamberlain's once every, life 20, once every 20 minutes his whole life? Yeah. I mean, that, you remember Will Chamberlain? I mean, he had, he had sex for every 20,000. Oh, yeah. oh, I, yeah, I did the math and he did not. I mean, he didn't. He, he, you can't. He didn't. Unless I know he, he says he did. But he was so big and so long, he might have just shish kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> and he might have been able to knock a few out at a time. That's true. I didn't I didn't factor in that he could have, you know, the whole the whole Playboy mansion in one night might 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 have happened, I suppose. And well, and I mean you do, you do that a few hundred times, it adds up. Uh I'm just assuming, you know. It would be kind of what was that movie with um Brendan Fraser and uh who's the hot girl that the English guy cheated on with the hooker? Come on. Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant and Hugh he Grant. was and what's her name? What was her name that he dated forever? Oh, Elizabeth Hurley. Liz Elizabeth Hurley. Hurley. God, yeah. what is what the hell is wrong with me? Elizabeth I Hurley still can't think not- of the dirt. I know Hugh Grant, Liz Hurley, and Brendan Fraser, but I can't think of what they call the derbies when the cars smash into each other. I keep wanting to say matchbox derby and that's not it at all. I don't know why that, why that keeps coming into my head. Um, but anyway, so Elizabeth, you remember a movie with Elizabeth Hurley and um, Brendan Frazier. And it was like that movie about the, she was the devil and she kept granting him wishes, but they all had a side effect. Did you ever see that? I don't remember if I saw it, but I do know what you're talking about. Well, he wished to be like this, great basketball player and he was seven feet tall and he was dunking on everybody and and shooting three pointers from half court and nailing them all and he was like doing all it all seven footers do so he could impress uh this this woman and so so the woman comes in the locker room after the game and he's like sitting there about to take a shower and he's got his towel around him and she's like well you know i'm, I'm really i like what i see here let's and he so he takes his towel off and of course he's, he's got a little balloon knot down there instead of you know you think it's seven feet tall you'd have this this, this yeah. gigantic you and, and you watch was, you watch a lot of porn that was the I, I forgot it was a porn i forgot this was a porn yeah well that's i'm just saying it was it was that was the joke was that he had all this talent all this uh, everything was big except well, that and well he so didn't he, wish he didn't wish right yeah that's right i mean you gotta you gotta His put a was faulty. asterisk on that wish man well, what everybody needs to understand is when you're granted these wishes from these genies, you need to hire a lawyer. That's a good point. So everybody do that. And hire eventually me. genie'd be like, you know what? I'll just go back in the lamp. <laughs> I'm not reading all this shit. <laughs> uh, okay. Mr. LJS, what's boilerplate language? I'm not, I don't even know what that is. I wish I had never come out of that lamp. Am I right over here? Uh, I don't know why why my genie talks like he's New Jersey mafia. <laughs> um, so okay, ba- we got to say super kudos to Alabama baseball. I'm again, 
Just like I'm not going to pretend that I'm a, a strength coach aficionado. I am. I baseball to me is something I moderately tolerate. I don't like Major League Baseball. Um, it just it, it shit like what's going on with the Astros and the whole steroids thing and Pete Rose. I'm just completely turned off by all of it. Gotcha. But collegiate baseball, I used to kind of get into with the aluminum bats. And it does suck that those things can kill people, so we can't use them anymore. Um, but and I have lost interest because Alabama baseball has been no good. Well, right now they're undefeated. They're playing as you and I speak. They're up four to two on South Alabama. The, I, I don't know if they're undefeated and good or if they're undefeated and have played nobody, but they're undefeated. Oh. And usually in baseball, everybody – would kill percent winning percentage, and we have a thousand percent winning or hundred percent. I don't know what you say, hundred percent. Yeah, I guess they say thousand percent in baseball, which is kind of dumb. But you know, if you use five hundred, if five hundred is the measure for a team that's won fifty percent of its games, and you say five hundred, if you yeah. win all the games, you have to say a thousand. If five hundred is half, then a thousand's got to be the measuring point, right? Well, that's true. The old saying is, "You're batting a thousand, right? That's what they say. Well, that's how baseball takes itself real seriously. Because you don't bat a hundred, you bat a thousand. Yeah. Well, that's why baseball is too full of itself, and that's why I never liked it. But <laughs> kudos to the Alabama baseball team. Oh yeah. I mean, what Coach Bo, as they call him, Brad Bohannon, has done a great job. The thing I liked about the hire, and and just like the strength coaches, what the hell would I know about hiring college baseball coach? I mean, I like baseball more than you do. Uh, I certainly like Major League Baseball. And I keep up with college baseball, but but when I say I keep up with it, nothing like we do with football and basketball. I mean, a, a distant third doesn't even do justice. I'm that finishes before you even get to the quarter pole. I mean, it's way back there. But I do keep going on. And what I liked about the hire when we made it is, first and foremost, this was a guy who built his reputation as an assistant as being a recruiter. And as Nick Saban has taught us, uh, it's about recruiting and it's about nothing else. And baseball is going to be no different than football. Yes, there are skills that can be taught. There are skills that can be improved uh, as you get good coaching. But just like basketball, you recruit talent and then talent wins the game. And uh, I love the hire because he built his his uh, his his reputation as an assistant coach uh, in recruiting the SEC. So he's recruiting landscape and he knows what it takes. And now he inherited a total mess. And here we are in year three, much improved, much improved. Now, I have no illusions about what's going to happen when the SEC games start. We're not going to be talking about being undefeated at 30 and 0. We're going to lose games when the SEC season starts, and probably quite a few because the SEC is even more brutal in baseball than it is in football. It's more brutal. It's hard to imagine, but it's true. It's more brutal. It's every team you play. Every weekend is a legitimate college World Series contender every week. So it's going to be rough when that starts, but there is no question in just three years he's transformed the program. And, hey, here's what's more exciting. The best players on this team, the 12-0 and team, the best players, they're freshmen. The two best starting pitchers, freshmen. The best hitter, Owen Diodotti from Canada, freshman. Tyler Gentry, younger player. Peyton Wilson, the center fielder, who freshman of the week in the in the SEC, 
younger brother of John Parker Wilson and Ross Wilson, Peyton Wilson, freshman center field. So what's exciting is the program has clearly improved and the best times lie ahead. So uh, good hire. I think uh, it would behoove Greg Byrne. Let's see how the SEC season goes. But if, if, if we finish uh, even near 500 in the league, even near 500, I think it's time to give uh, Coach Bo a raise and extension. We got the right guy. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I mean, there's there's so many good teams in the conference. Everybody knows that. I mean, the, you know, as I say that, though, right now, Illinois State is beating number 10 Arkansas and Kentucky and Cincinnati are tied at two. And, you know, but one game. Hey, baseball's not, tough. Baseball's just a bitch. I mean, it's just a grind. It's pitching. It's pitch, pitching is everything. And 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 see what happens when you play these these quote little teams. They'll run their best pitcher out there against the the big boys. So, you know the big boys save their pitching for the weekends when they play the big time teams, and then these little teams will run out their best pitchers these midweek games, to some extent. But all it takes in baseball is a good pitcher, and and I don't care how good your hit lineup is, uh, when it's their pitcher versus your lineup, when their pitcher's good, you're probably not going to score many runs and. And, and baseball, you know, baseball is very spread out talent-wise. You know, basketball and football, the ultra-talented is, is you know, very few guys. Very few guys can run what we saw at the Combines this weekend with Isaiah Simmons and Makai Beckton, Tristan Wirfs, the Alabama guys like Henry Ruggs. <laughs> Those guys are few and far between. But baseball has a 40-round draft. Baseball has a 40-round draft. A class A team of 19-year-olds, a class A team of 19-year-olds could cruise into, let's say, Vanderbilt and beat the crap out of Vanderbilt. Um, that could happen easily. I'm just saying there's a lot of good baseball players. So when you play South Alabama, when you play Middle Tennessee, when you play East Tennessee, <laughs> they're going to have good play. They're going to have good. Everybody's got good players in baseball, and the SEC is just Brutal. I had a scout one time I heard say, when an SEC team throws their ace pitchers on Friday nights, those SEC aces with an SEC lineup will be really competitive against double A professional teams. That that's how that's how tough the SEC is. Because because I, I asked this guy's a GM, by the way, a former GM. I said, where does SEC baseball compare to the minor leagues? Uh, and, and I feel like that's a dumb question because you're going to tell me a low A team could crush the best college team. And he did say, he said, well, I uh, guess I'd take my chances in a seven game series. I'll take the low A team over any, any college team. He's like, he's like, but, but he goes, there's an exception. Friday nights in the SEC, when every SEC team is throwing their ace. So they got, a really good professional level pitcher on the mound. He said Friday nights in the SEC, those teams can beat double A teams. And double A teams, those kids are on the cusp of the major leagues. Uh, so, I mean, hey, I'll I'll take your word for it. Why do they throw it their ace on Friday nights versus Sunday? I don't that's a great that's a great question. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's why even in the big leagues, you know, game one of the World Series, people throw their aces out there. I, I guess well, I, I guess you gotta that. win you got to win that. game one, I guess. Well, no, but the reason this. You, you do that, the other team. You, you might be playing, you know, seven games or whatever. I mean, that makes sense yeah. to me. 
Yeah, here's another thing that makes sense. It seems to me if you're a really big underdog, if you're playing, if Alabama's playing, let's say Vanderbilt's kind of the class of the SEC right now. So Kamari Rocker, Kumar Rocker, sorry, Kumar Rocker, he's Vanderbilt's number one pitcher. He's the best pitcher in college baseball. So he's going to be their Friday night pitcher, right? The way I might look at things is, you know what? We're not going to beat Rocker. Let's just throw our number three pitcher out there and take our lumps tonight. But we might beat these guys if we throw our ace Sunday while they're throwing their number three guy. You know, I've always kind of thought that, that, too. that apparently doesn't seem to happen. You know, no, I see I what you're you saying. Um, but I guess yeah. the only the the drawback there would be a coach would be like saying, uh, "I'm kind of sending the message to my team um, that we have no chance to win." Bitches. So <laughs> exactly. So no, it, it is pretty pretty standard throughout the country, certainly in the SEC, that your uh, number one guy throws on Fridays and your number two guy on Saturday. And what's funny to me is this is just the way pitching works. I mean. It's not going to work this way every time because everybody in the SEC's got got a deeper pitching staff than their leagues. But it's kind of funny how those Friday night games are, you know, three to two, and then Saturday games are like, you know, six to four, and Sunday games <laughs> when the pitching's exhausted, the Sunday games are fourteen to twelve. Oh yeah. I mean, and and that's not uniform, of course, but you look long enough, you'll see the pattern. No doubt, there's more runs on Sundays and Fridays. There is no doubt about that. Um, all right, anything you want to talk about recruiting-wise? Uh, I yeah. saw well, – go ahead. I'm with you. I've been super high on Drake. I just want to brag on Drake May a little more. Talked about this before, but I want to say it again because to me it's so important because uh, quarterbacks are the most fun position to evaluate. I wouldn't say that over the years I'm any better at quarterbacks in other spots. As a matter of fact, I might even be worse because quarterback is is difficult to evaluate. And it's 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 because of this. I'll call it the Greg Maddox, the Greg Maddox. You know, using staying on our baseball analogies today. If if you want to get a bunch, if you're a high school pitcher, you want to get a bunch of major league scouts to your high school game. Be be a six foot five guy, left handed, and, and throw over ninety miles an hour. If you're a big kid, big lefty, throws over ninety, the major league scouts are just going to line up, and 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 you're going to get drafted pretty high. And then, you know, you pitch six innings, and the next day the scouts all leave, and some little 5'11", 180-pound guy that just throws a bunch of off-speed stuff, he, he pitches a no-hitter. So nobody can hit the guy because his stuff is too good. He, he can't break, you know, 80 on the radar gun in high school, but nobody shows up at all because who cares about that guy can't even break 80. Well, he, he threw, you know, six no-hitters in a row, and his name's Greg Maddox, and one day he'll be, you know, maybe the greatest modern-day pitcher of all time. But – Quarterback evaluation is the same way. You know, the scouts love the really big, big armed guy. That's what's going to get the attention every time a six foot five guy that can rocket the ball around the yard. So that's how you get attention. There's one other way to get attention in football, and that's if you produce unreal numbers. The numbers will get attention too. It is true that regardless almost of your size, if you throw, if you complete 65, 70% of your throws, don't hardly throw any picks, throw for a bunch of yards, have, you know, six touchdowns and no interceptions week after week, that's going to get you some looks because maybe you're Drew Brees, maybe you're Russell Wilson, maybe, maybe you're the exception to the rule. So you got to be one of those two guys, right, to get attention. You got to be the huge guy that can chunk it from one end zone to the other. Or you got to be the guy that puts up unreal numbers. Here's why Drake May is so good. He's both, Luke. He's both. 
He's both. If his numbers were bad, if he completed 50% of his passes, just 50%, and sometimes overthrew his wide open wide receiver, and his team only went six and four because he's, he's completing 50% of his throws and, and he threw 10 picks, this dude would still have a, a million offers because he's so big and strong and athletic. But he puts up numbers like he's a little Drew Brees. This dude has an unreal completion percentage. He wins every week. He throws a ton of touchdowns every week. So, you know, as I say so many times when you talk about the can't miss guys, they're the ones that check every box. Now throw in, he's had a superstar basketball brother. He's a multi-sport star. He's got parents that played college sports. Uh, he's a good kid on top of everything else. Uh, he's smart on top of everything else. And wow, it, it's like we did it again. I mean, I am almost, not exactly, I am almost as excited about Drake May as I was about Bryce Young. And I was damn leading the Bryce Young bandwagon, you know, well before he flipped Alabama. So, yeah, I'm just, he's been committed to us for a while, and who knows, he may flip every college in the country. He's going to tell him, don't go to Alabama. You're going to sit on the bench behind Bryce Young. He's going to hear that every day until until December signing day. But I am uh, super excited about Drake May. Yeah, I read a story on him and uh, that actually came from a North Carolina site, and it sounded as if, yeah, I, it, he gave one of those, I'm super 100% solid to Alabama until I'm not kind of things. And yeah, that's just recruiting nowadays, and I've learned to live with it. It doesn't mean I necessarily like it. It just means I've learned to live with it. And um, so I, I feel like he is um, – you know, yeah, he could leave us at the altar. I mean, he could leave us well before the altar. I mean, he could break up with us right. before the altar even got put up. So, um, it but would behoove I, us. It would behoove us to expect it. So we gotta, we gotta have not just a plan B. I would call it the other plan A, because because you need to sign a good one. All the quarterbacks leave, so you better sign a good one, even if Drake May bails. So we need to be prepared for that. I'm 100% certain that Sark and Nick have powwowed on this and, and have a plan. I don't know who the backup plan is. I don't even know there needs to be a specific guy. But what, what, what we need to do at minimum is just work on, hey, these, uh, these other guys that aren't committed, let's get as many of them to camp as we can, and you recruit them like you want them, and, 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 and just be honest with them, you know, that, hey, we don't have room for you right now, but we would love to have you and stay tuned and uh, let's see what the kid committed to us does. And, and if he bails, if he bails, it's your spot. So don't, don't give up on us. We're monitoring it every day. And that's what you got to do. Uh, and I guess the one guy that uh, may fit that bill is, is it the quarterback at Pleasant Grove, right? Gardendale. Will Gardendale. Will Crowder. Gardendale. I'm sorry. Gardendale. Yeah. yeah, he's a Gardell, and, uh, you know, I watched tape. I bragged about him recently just in the sense that uh, I just knew him by reputation. I knew him as he's the best quarterback in the 21 class in Alabama in a weak group. I mean, that's I, I just kind of the headline I had before I turned on the tape. And then I turn on the tape, and I'm like, holy crap. I hope this kid doesn't go to Auburn. 
<laughs> which, which is a heck of a compliment. It isn't that when I watch an in-state kid that I'm really impressed with, isn't that about the best compliment I can give them? The God, I hope he doesn't go to Auburn. That is, that, that's true. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So it, I, I watch Will Crowder. A service announcement and and very nice of you. And a compliment. So yeah, he he's good. I I, I see a kid in Crowder that is. I'm not going to say he's elite 11 or that he will be at elite 11 or do well or be a national top 10 guy. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying to me, he is a completely legitimate sec quarterback and a completely legitimate sec quarterback at Alabama uh, can win games and, and look pretty good with that surrounding cast. He'd have, I'll, I'll give, I'm not saying he's, I'm, I'm just now thinking of this and didn't even think of it watching the tape. But a, a, a decent comparison for Will Crowder at the same stage is Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's some Mac Jones in that that kid. I mean, he's uh, he's accurate. There's some anticipation skills there. Um, there, the arm is not nothing is a liability. He's not a bad athlete. He doesn't have a bad arm. He just sort of he's pretty good. So I don't know whether he will be at Auburn. Uh, I think he's an Auburn fan. I think I remember reading that that he grew up in Auburn. That, that's fine. There's there's been a lot of lifelong Auburn fans that have had nice careers at Alabama. I'll tell you once, Deontay Lawson, who hasn't shown up yet, but Deontay Lawson's not shy about saying, hey, as a kid, you know, growing up, I sort of rooted for Auburn more than I rooted for Alabama. But as he got older, he made a business decision. You know, well, hey, I want to play in the NFL. And and I think Alabama's better fit for me in terms of what I want to accomplish. So he smartly made a business decision, not a fan decision, you know, and a lot of these kids do that. And a lot of these kids grow up Auburn fans and they'll get an Auburn offer and end up at Alabama and, and vice versa. It works even more off more of the time that a kid grows up in Alabama because he didn't have an Alabama offer. So we'll see what happens with Crowder, but you know, I, I would want him in Alabama's camp this summer. I hope that happens. I hope we, we, we have him in camp and take a close look. And he would be a guy I would think would be, you know, a pretty good backup plan. Um, but I also think the way Nick Saban thinks is, you know, he's like, okay, well, if Drake May bails on us, then how do we get the second best quarterback in the country? Yeah. <laughs> Even if he's from South Dakota, you know, so that's how Nick thinks. And that's why, that's why Nick is where he is. And, and when I'm down here touting Will Crowder, that's where I am where I am, which is uh, getting home from office three hours early because I'm excited about watching the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> Pretty sad. Really, Pretty sad. You really need to get out and do some more shit, Jimmy. I'm just going to I really do. I really um, do. Well, I figure it's a good night because, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, a, a, I'm not into politics in terms of, I mean, I just sort of enjoy it. Kind of like, you know, kind of like the 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 race fan that watches for the wrecks. I mean, I maybe maybe I like politics because there there's going to be some type of of train wreck that I get to bitch about with everyone else. But I'm a little, you know, Super Tuesday will be all the networks are doing election coverage. Alabama's playing basketball. Uh, I've kept the Alabama South Alabama games on the radio down here because we get Jack baseball down here, and uh, so yeah, so came home a little early. Excited about the events of the evening. Uh, speaking of, it's Demolition Derby. Demolition Derby. <sighs> How the hell did we not know that? Because I've never been to one in my life. I never will go to one. I guess that's for, for one reason, I have less interest in that. I would rather a- attend the political convention of either party than go to that. That's just me. That's I'd just rather... Me. 
I'd rather go to the after party of the Green Party's uh, <laughs> the after election party. Yeah, after Which, party I of mean, the Green Party. A lot of milk and, served. And be, no, not milk. They're not going to serve yeah, milk. No. That comes from an animal. No, it'd of, be like it would be human breast milk, freshly squeezed right in front of <laughs> from a male. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, yes we're not, we're not sexist here and we're equal opportunities we have this exactly. one lactating male yeah uh, i'll be like uh frank frank come over here and fix some milk for luke yeah frank luke wants a um kalu and cream why don't you hook him up uh all right everybody well, so you don't like demolition derby <laughs> any more than i do if that's your uh entertainment choice over yeah. over the derby I'll go to a baseball game before I go to. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a monster truck thing when I was, uh, I went to a monster truck thing when I was probably 12. And I guess that's why I never really went. I, I think if you're 12 and you go to a monster truck thing and on the way home, you're not like, dad, 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 can we go to the store so I can get a monster truck to play with when I get home? you know you're never going to be into that stuff so i went to a monster truck thing and i can't remember hating it but i definitely didn't remember wanting to buy monster trucks when i got home and play with them and want to go back so you didn't go to the american girl store at all did you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who wouldn't wouldn't want a barbie she's hot (laughs) stuff man yeah hot Take all her clothes off. And, Seven know. walking around Walmart. What do you want? I want one of those. <laughs> yeah. Can I get her without the clothes? <laughs> is, is it cheaper? It if I give you her clothes back. Um, <laughs> right. What? Uh-oh. You there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. What'd you say? I said, I, I didn't say anything. I said, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I did lose you for a second. But we're signing... <laughs> We're signing off the air. Yeah, hey, I'm keeping all this shit in the podcast too, people. If we gotta say it, you gotta listen to it. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. All right, so well, a, a brief podcast after the win tonight. I'm with you, man. I, I, if I'm up, I'm in. I shall text you or text me, and we'll probably text during the game anyway. All right, buddy. Roll tight. Right. Roll tight, everybody. <laughs>